Welcome to the Nepantla, the Nepantla, Nepantla, to the Nepantla, to the Nepantla, to the Nepantla, Nepantla, Nepantla. Welcome to the Nepantla podcast, where we will explore living in the in-between. Well, friends, you are witnesses to a new adventure for me. Who knows where it will lead, but I am glad you are with me on this first step. I'd wanted to start a podcast to document my experience of living in the land of neither here nor there, the land of both and, the liminal spaces, the places between. Basically, my experience living entre dos mundos. Nepantla is the Nahuatl word that roughly translates to en medio, or in the middle place. In this podcast, I hope to share space with you as we explore the many ways we live in Nepantla today. This episode was recorded in March 2018. It's been nearly two years since then, and so much has changed. And so much is still the same. Marla, the kick-ass chingona who I am honored to call my friend, still runs the Unidos Homeschool Cooperative, and I'll go ahead and share the link to her site in the notes for this episode. I no longer live in the beautiful, sunny Orange County, California. Last summer, my family moved to the Pacific Northwest, but Southern California will always be my home. And my friend has said that maybe I'm like a butterfly who travels and migrates from place to place, with home being in Washington and also in California. Isn't that so appropriate <laughs> that even in this move, I continue to remain and grow deeper still into Nabantla? I wanted to make a correction. At the end of the episode, I referred to a podcast by Loose Warrior. The podcast is actually called Let There Be Loose by Loose Warrior. And this is still one of my favorite podcasts. So if you aren't already listening to it, I would highly recommend this podcast. So I'll go ahead and leave the link to that in the notes as well. So now that I've taken care of all the housekeeping, let's take the first step together on this journey. This is episode one of the Nepantla podcast. Today I have on the podcast Marla Sanchez. She is a good friend, a recent friend, but we've become good friends. And I know Marla through her cooperative, the grassroots movement that she's doing to help decolonize education for our children, um, focusing mostly on Latinx. Yeah, mostly yeah. on Latinx. Okay. But also Marla has many different gifts, many different talents, many different interests and life experiences, so I know she will be back on the podcast for other topics, <laughs> but today um, we're actually just going to focus on Spanish and the broken Spanish, <laughs> the terrible, embarrassed of our Spanish, that experience, because we share a little bit in that experience, so did you want to introduce yourself better than I just did? I, I told think you did a... Good job. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yay. Well, yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd give you the opportunity because I left anything out. So first question I have is how did you learn Spanish? So my parents are, my dad is Mexican, but born here and his family speaks English okay. only at home. My mom immigrated from Veracruz when she was a teenager okay. and she spoke only Spanish until she met my dad. Um, in our home, we only spoke English, Right. but when we went to church, it was only Spanish. When we oh. went to my mom's sister's house, it was only Spanish. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Was that hard? Like learn going to church and only like, did you understand everything? I did. Yeah. But learning Spanish at church is mm. very different. Different than, kind of Spanish. Like 
neighborhood. Right. Like I mean, you could read a Bible verse Spanish. to me. Yeah. I can sing you hymns. You could tell me how to save my soul <laughs> in Spanish. Exactly. But you can't tell me how to do other things. But I missed so much of, like, the slang. Right. Of, like, the... Oh, yeah. It was very formal. Yes. Okay. And also, like, I never learned to, like, read in mm, Spanish okay. or write in Spanish until I took Spanish in high school. Okay. But that also was kind of the same thing. Like it was minimal. very formal. Mm, it wasn't, sure. like, how you speak to people how with friends. How did your friends. dad do it? Did he go to church with you guys? Yes. But he just, like, sit... Did he learn it too then? He knew Spanish. Oh, okay. He also suffers from broken Spanish <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. For him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, my Spanish is um, a little bit different. My parents, both from Guatemala, they met here. They actually, it's weird. They have ties back in Guatemala, like, but they didn't know each other. But, like, mm-hmm. my dad's sister went to school with my mom's sister but my parents never knew each other, and so then they ended up um, meeting here in L.A., and I got married, and I think that they really wanted to learn English because they knew that it was important for their mm. success. And so, and they got married young, and, um, you know, and they were here probably, I, I, know, I know they went to high school here. I think my mom did part element, uh, not elementary, um, junior high, and I don't know if my dad did junior high here. I, I should ask him, actually. Why haven't I asked him? I don't know. <laughs> but, um... With, with that being said, they had me young. My mom was 19. So I think it was just like practicing their English on me and my brother, really. Right. So we didn't have like, they they could speak Spanish and they would speak Spanish in the house, mostly to each other and then to us, mostly in English. Um, and I remember my mom, you know, when you when you go to school, you know, you, and you have to fill out the forms mm-hmm. and they're like, is Spanish spoken at home? Yeah. And then it automatically, if you put yes, they would put you in an ESL class, right? And so I did not realize this until I went through the educational training program to be a teacher. <laughs> but then I was looking back and I was like, oh, that's why they took me out of class, which is funny because my parents wrote, yes, yeah, Spanish is spoken at home, but not to us, to them, right. to each other. And they would pull me out of class for ESL. Like, like I don't know how often a week they would pull us out. But I, obviously, I graduated quickly from that class because the main language I spoke was English. I didn't even yeah. speak really hardly any Spanish. Um, so then I learned it because they would talk to each other about all kinds. I mean, they would gossip and dirty yeah. jokes and argue and whatever and try to say things about, you know, your kid is doing this. And then and that was the motivation. Listen. Yeah. It was like, I want to know what secrets you're telling about me or yeah. like what you're saying about totally. me. So I'm going to learn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, and I think, too, just like osmosis, right? Just being like around it and hearing it. Yeah. And like we've, my grandparents, they can speak English, but to this day, it is still way easier to communicate in Spanish with them than their English with me. Yeah. It's very difficult to understand, one worse than the other. But so that's kind of like my Spanish was mostly osmosis, no formal training. Mm-hmm. I didn't take Spanish in high school. I took Latin, um, which is really not that close to Spanish. It's a little bit, mm-hmm. but not that close. And then in college, I tested out of Spanish. So by the skin of my teeth, honestly, like barely. The lady was like, mm, I don't know. And I'm like, please. And she like passed me. I regret that. I wish I hadn't yeah. have done that. I wish I would have taken the classes more because I think I would have feel more confident about mine. You know, right, right, having right. that right now. I took one semester in college also. Yeah? But it was because I, it was my senior oh. year, like the summer of senior year. Yeah. And I was like, I need to get in so I can enroll. So I'm going to take an easy class. I'll take Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, so how do you feel about your current Spanish? Like, I know in the beginning we're all like embarrassed, but how do you feel where it is right now? How do you feel about it? 
I'm feeling better about it okay, because cool. I feel like I've been forcing myself into yeah. like speaking it more and yeah. practicing more. But I still feel super self-conscious. Yeah. Um, somebody told me just the other day, they were like, oh, we didn't, we thought you were Indian. But like then India you, like from India. Yeah. yeah. And then you started speaking Spanish and we knew you were Mexican. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's interesting because I don't think I sound Mexican. Uh-huh. And I've had other people tell me, like, when I speak Spanish, it's, it's very clear Spanish. I'm not, like, white. Right, 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 right. And it's pretty clear that I'm Mexican. Like, I kind of have, like, an in-between oh, so accent. they were saying, we knew you weren't Indian who knew Spanish. Uh-huh. We knew you were Mexican when you started speaking. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So I was like, That's okay, I'm making progress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assimilating. Reverse assimilating. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you, um, so with the Spanish, do you speak to your mom now in Spanish or it's still in English? Sometimes. Because honestly, for me, yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'm going to be like conceited for a second. No, it's I fine. Ex- I feel very articulate in English. Yeah, And for so sure. when I speak Spanish, I get very frustrated of because course. I can't be as articulate as I want to be. Totally. No, no, no. That makes total sense. Um, Yeah, because even me when I'm... You know, the the verbs, make sure you get mm-hmm. the right ending on the verb and oh god, I fuck up la and lo and all the time. And, you know, geez, Louise, <laughs> like, oh come on. So yeah, for sure. I totally get that. And I get super frustrated and wondering, like, do you get what I'm trying to say? You know? Yeah. Um, and it's really, you know, with your mom you have that gift that you can say it to her in English and mm-hmm. she can understand. But like some people you're just like, you won't understand my English, and I don't know that I'm helping you understand me in Spanish either. Right. Like, I don't know that I'm <laughs> really getting the message through. So that's rough. Do you feel like, like, you're, have you, you know, with your dad and, and your other family members, have you, like, encouraged them to want to learn Spanish? Yeah. So the oh, awesome cool. thing is that my brother and I are five years apart. Okay. I was you're the very, oldest? I'm the oldest. Okay. I was very involved in church. So I, uh, like I said, spoke in Spanish in church, sang right. in Spanish, you know. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And my brother always ditched out. Ah. So he never learned any Spanish <laughs> at all. Because then also right. when my Diaz would speak, he was never part of that right. conversation. Right. He the was boys, always with the guys, yeah. you know. Barbecuing or drinking the beer, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So he doesn't know any Spanish. But ever yeah. since I've like really been more focused on like mm. wanting my children to know their roots right. and their languages, he has been more interested. That's awesome. And he's starting to like yeah. respond in Spanish. Yeah, and I it's good to, to be able to do it in a safe place with you, I bet. Mm-hmm. Because it is very scary to like, you know, like when you're at the El Super Northgate or whatever, you know, Latin yeah. grocery store. And like, you know you can say whatever in Spanish to them, but it is nerve-wracking. Like, oh, are they going yeah. to understand me? Are they going to judge me? Am I going to fuck? You know, like, my brother's uh, partner was born in Mexico. Okay. And they like to travel. And so nice. she's like, let's go to Mexico. Let's go do yeah. this tour. And he's stri- his reason for not wanting to go is I can't speak Spanish. And she, and she was like, oh, but it's not like we're going to be like in, in Mexico. It's like a resort. A it's like a tour type yeah. of thing. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want to be with those people either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't it funny the hang up we get about that, though? Because... I bet you if your brother won money or a, a, some kind of cruise or something, like, go to France, he'd be like, 
Yeah. I totally am going to go to France. I'm not going to think twice about it. I don't speak French, but I won't think twice about it. But it's because of the the connection that we have. Like we, Mm -hmm. the assumption is that we should be able to speak Spanish. So the shame of going to that country and not being able to is like even heavier, you know? Um, but I totally understand. Like I wish, uh, I wish I was more adventurous and would go out and travel. I think sometimes that is one of my fears as well. But the truth is like, you're not going to learn unless you get in there and figure exactly. it out. That, that's really one of yeah. the best ways to mm-hmm. learn. Um, but, yeah. Uh, another question I have is, have you ever experienced any negativity because of your broken Spanish? And I mean, like, have people picked on you from either side of the, you know, the issue? Yeah, I have, I have felt shame, like, going into, like, spaces where people are, like, from Mexico Mm. and then I don't know what they're saying because I don't know the slang right and then it's like gosh uh, so bad yeah because I feel like already I look very like ambiguous like ethnically Uh so I already feel on edge because of that but then to add like the language piece on top of it right and it's so complicated too because it's like even state by state yeah and 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 you know Mexico is one Spanish-speaking country but they go all the way down to South Mm -hmm. America and each country has their own you know, like, I'm I'm Central American, Guatemalan, and I grew up, my parents had a lot of, uh, oddly enough, Salvadorian friends. Not as many Mexican friends, some. I mean, yeah. it's unavoidable here in California, but, um, but like, I would hear the way that, like, the Salvadorians would say something like, whoa, what's that, you know, and, and you can hear the different dialects, and then, oh, when you meet an Argentine, okay, <laughs> that's just a whole different kind, because they speak with that, that correct Spanish X as they would say you know that mm-hmm. the theta and yeah. all that so it is like you can uh, it is Spanish is I guess it's just like English I mean you can go to Ireland and I would be lost you know right. with some of their slang and uh even England, England too yeah. yeah there are parts of England that probably be like I don't know what you're saying to me. <laughs> can you write this down on a paper or draw it I don't know what you're saying <laughs> But yeah, I can totally see that, like, feeling... So did people say something to you, or was it just, like, something you felt? I feel it, but I've also been corrected. I've, yeah. like, there's, like, little jokes, like, oh, like, what was it? Like, the coconut, like, brown on the outside, <laughs> white on the inside. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, I am a coconut. Because, um, too, like, I went to... I grew up in Santana, and in my neighborhood was all Mexican, mm-hmm. and everybody else had, like, a very... Mexican right. experience of childhood, huh. you know, but I went to a white Christian right. private school, cool. and so I had both sides. Like I would be teased at home Aww. because I didn't speak good Spanish. Right, your neighborhood friends and stuff. Yeah, right. and I wasn't like I wasn't allowed out very much, right. and I wasn't like part of like to the level of everybody else. Right, you know. Right, and then at school. I would be made fun of because I'm dark. Yeah. I would have like mismatched clothes from Goodwill, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> mm, poor Marla, I'm go back in time and hug your little Marla self. <laughs> yeah, that's like rough. Um, I remember I I grew up in a community. I grew up in Whittier, and a community um, was probably the more gangster, cholo, mm-hmm. whatever word of Whittier. And I remember when I would invite neighbors over to play, they would totally take advantage of me and they would start talking bad about me or about me and my home and my family in Spanish, assuming I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And that would always be the last time I'd have them over because, you know, even though I couldn't respond and like, 
it was still hurtful, like, to be treated that way, you know, and then to realize you were just being used, you know, like, oh, they just wanted access to your toys or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. to peek inside your house and be chismosos, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any specific story that you remember, like, where you felt like, oh, if not, that's totally yes, cool. Yes, but... no, there's one that I'm remembering where we were at a grocery store and these ladies were talking shit on us God, behind us in Spanish. Thinking you that understand. I'm from India, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And I remember did like turning around something? and saying something you in did. Spanish, and they were just like, <gasps> "I know." This is the thing I don't understand in th- in this part of the country that anyone would assume that someone doesn't speak Spanish <laughs> is baffling to me because I see Asian people speaking Spanish and white people speaking Spanish and black people speak. I don't know. Like I just, at this point I'm like, Spanish is not the safe language to talk right. shit. Right. It is just not, if you're in public setting, <laughs> when I was a kid, that's how my mom would do it. Right. would be in the yeah. elevator and she wasn't talking smack, but she'd be like, like yelling like at me. Oh, totally. Yeah. Calmate. <laughs> okay you know whatever don't go touch that or whatever in spanish but now you know when people talk smack it's just like not spanish no it's yeah. not a safe language in this part of the country anymore i mean maybe another <laughs> part but not here you it's know it's like a joke with my mom i'm like i'm so excited that my girls are learning spanish but we're gonna have to learn another language so that we can say things <laughs> about so that they them. don't understand yeah you know? <laughs> for sure oh yeah that's so funny now we're gonna have to feel what it feels like for regular people oh, yeah. yeah for sure for me um negative wise i'm trying to think you know, it's mostly from my family, but also, like, from the neighborhood kids, for sure. Uh, but, like, m- the elders in my family, the the grandmas and the grandpas, the laughing when you say things wrong. Mm-hmm. the Like, but the laughing not with you and not with the how cute. You know, oh, how cute you said that. But, like, full on, like, that's so silly. You said that wrong and yeah. kind of, like, making me feel dumb. And I don't know how much of that really is fair for me to put on them and how much of it is just my own like shame about it you know that I don't have this and I'm carrying the shame um but yeah I would say that definitely that and then I remember in elementary school um because I'm a lighter skinned Latina um I was accused or whatever they would like bully me a little bit for not being Mexican because the assumption was I don't speak Spanish and I'm lighter skinned so clearly I'm white that was the yeah. assumption, especially in that school when everyone was really dark and I wasn't as dark. Um, and then they told they would like bully me like, well, you're not Mexican. You can't play with this. You're not Mexican. And I was like, I remember one day I had had enough and I went um, home to my dad. And I was like crying. What's wrong, mija? When they said I'm not Mexican. <laughs> I don't know why because I can speak Spanish. And my dad was like, but you're not Mexican. And I was like, what? Like so <laughs> angry. And then I realized like he explained like, well, you're from Guatemala. It's a whole different country. There's many countries that speak Spanish. And, yeah. you know, but I remember like right away, like from early childhood that that because my language wasn't as proper as theirs or as perfect as theirs. And then really, who's to say perfect, right? Like, right, right, right. But anyways, um, I felt shame and guilt about that for sure yeah. and embarrassment. And, and that just followed me all the way through, you know. It was really hard. What's interesting, too, is like, you know, my mom came and same thing as like you were saying about your mom, that she oh, was yeah. like English because that's what that's what you need. That's what's going to be best ahead. for you, right? Right. And then like feeling shame of being Mexican as mm. a kid. And then realizing how much 
disconnecting from your culture and your right. language like affects you it affects you differently as an adult because you yes. realize how valuable it is and how important it is yeah and then it's like a reverse well you it's know? funny marla <laughs> because how you were talking about what you look like um so as a kid i always wanted to be an actress and i swear to you that i would look in the mirror and i would pray one day when i'm grown up and my eyes turn blue and my hair turns yeah. blonde. I literally thought that that's what happened because that's all I would see on the TV. Mm-hmm. And then you're right. When you grow up and your hair is darker than it was when you were a kid yeah. and, you know, your eyes are still brown, you're like, wow, all that time that I wasted wishing I was other. Exactly. When I could, you know, could have been learning about the heritage that I came from and, and learning the language and all that. I don't know that... I don't think I was the type that was like embarrassed to the point that I didn't want to learn Spanish, but it was one of those things where it just wasn't, my parents just never talked to me in Spanish, so I didn't. But I would seek my grandparents out. I remember when I was a kid that none of the grandkids would talk to them because for reals, girl, it's hard to understand them in English. (laughs) And so I would just try and I would take the giggles and laughs that they would throw at me and I would just listen and try. but, you know, so I wasn't afraid, and that's kind of how I would learn. But, yeah, looking back, I really wish I would have... I wish somebody would have spoken truth in me and been like, you're never going to be blonde, and you're never going to be blue eyes, but you're going to be something special regardless because it exactly. does. you don't have to be blonde and blue eyes. And you know what? You're going to have two languages and, you, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Didn't, didn't happen that way. <laughs> but, you know, anyways, we can't we can't change the past. Just sort of like, just like to reflect on it and think about it. And I think that it, that past really helps us to appreciate For sure. it now. And then now yeah, that we have like kids, true. like both of our kids are, yeah, you know, mixed. mixed. So it's like realizing that even though they could kind of pass either way. Right. It's still important to be connected to your roots. It's yeah. still important to know your language. And it motivates, you know? right, more. Like, yeah. more than ever. Like, I really got to cleave to this because if I just kind of poke away at it, they're not going to get it richly, deeply. Right. So I really got to delve deep into it because I want them to get a smattering of it. You know, like, mm-hmm. more than a smattering. But if I'm not in drenched, drenched in it, you know, yeah. they're not going to get any of it at all. Exactly. We only take like this much from our parents. No, I'm like, I, can't, I know it goes, it seems like right now it's going in one ear and out the other. And I'm like, but when they're older, oh, yes, they'll look back. They'll come back to it. They'll remember. For sure. I hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh my gosh. How do you feel about that idea that Speaking Spanish is necessary for your identity to be Latina, Latino, Latinx. How do you feel about that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? It is a complicated complicated. question. I don't think there's a right answer. I don't think there's a right answer either. I do feel like knowing the language is not, like, necessary to identify as Latinx. Sure. I do feel like we should be encouraging and actively pursuing right. our languages and not just Spanish, but like going indigenous. further back to the indigenous languages yes. too. Um, and I feel like all of that is really right now. I'm like super into like ancestral healing yeah, and realizing like there's that saying, um, cultura cura. Oh yeah. And to me that is so resonant because it's like, yeah. yes, you know, I have been searching my whole life for something deeper and because mm. I'm, I used to call it like pagan or Wiccan Mm -hmm. and then realizing like those are not my traditions. Right. Those are the European traditions. Right. And my culture has its own incredibly beautiful and rich traditions. And part of my healing is to reconnect to that, to Mm -hmm. myself, to my ancestors. That's incredibly important. So I feel like 
language acquisition it's part of that is part of that for sure yeah I, I think I agree with you I think it isn't necessary because I can see like you know East LA and just mm-hmm. like LA pockets in LA where there are people who clearly are Latinx culture but it's like a new version of it right the, yeah. this this LA version of Latin and I'm not it's not not Latin but it's not necessarily Mexican or Guatemala Central America it's its own Latin right. culture and some of those people in that community don't speak any Spanish, right. but they may speak English with a different accent, you know, like that yes. L.A. accent uh-huh. or something. And so I th- was thinking about that community. I'm like, would I take away the Latin? Because clearly it is. I mean, they they yeah. have the same. There are so many things that resemble like Mexican culture or Central American culture, right? You know, the appreciation um, for the way we celebrate holidays or birthdays, you know, piñatas and um passion for like sports and you know different in different ways they clearly are obviously still part of the latin culture so i would never take that away from them so if if someone were to say if you don't have the language you can't identify culturally i I would say it's more complicated than that because you know you have that pocket in la and then i think about my own self where i never really felt like obviously my spanish we've taught is it's not perfect but I don't feel quite comfortable in an all-American setting. I can get by for a while, but yeah. I definitely feel lost. You know, I don't understand some some things that are, you know, just different. There's just cultural things that are different. And yeah. that was not taught through language. That was taught through my mother and my father and the way, you know, they interacted and did things with me. I'm trying to be more specific because it feels really vague. And I don't know if people are going to wonder, like, what the hell is she talking about? But... Um, I feel like a lot of it has to do with like race. Yeah. Like like racism. Yes. And so in June I went to Mexico and I remember like walking around, we were in Defe and, and feeling so comfortable, Mm. you know, like I didn't realize how heavy the weight of racism here in the United States is. Because of how you look. Because right. of how I look, like mm. how many times I've been pulled over, you know, how mm. many times I've been stopped by the police, right. how many times I just get weird looks right. from people, you know, yeah, just going to the store. You I mean, know? and you have like double on top of you because y'all can't see her, but Marla has piercings <laughs> all over and tattoos. So, you know, yeah. even for like the Latin community, you stick out a bit, but yeah. less so when you're not the darkest person in the, yes. you know, area. Yeah. So being in Mexico was like everybody here, we all speak the same language, yeah. you know, we all like, I'm not sticking out because I'm dark. Right. You know, I'm not sticking out right. because what I look relief. this way. And then when I came back, mm. I felt it even heavier. Like yeah. I was like, oh, I yeah. really feel uncomfortable all the time because I'm afraid of being harassed by right. the cops right. or being singled out because I'm brown. And you know? to add to boot that there are people that are just as dark as you that may not speak the language and that are feeling the same. Yeah. You know? So we it all doesn't the identity the same separation, you know, yes. and the same like racism. Right. So we're all part of the same. Yeah. Yeah, because you're identifying with the way you were treated, right? Not maybe not the way you were speaking or what you could speak. Yeah, and I, and for me, I was thinking like I don't have that. Again, I'm I'm fairly light skinned, so I you know I can pass as something. I'm not. I don't pass as Anglo-Saxon, but I can yeah. pass as like I get um, Italian and Greek a lot or whatever. So something I can pass as something. But, um, so I don't have that experience necessarily. But I I do like I was trying to think like. 
You know, there's a certain hospitality, and I don't know that much. I've not visited Mexico as regularly as I have Guatemala. We would go every summer of my childhood, so I'm very closely rooted with my family there. And there is a level of hospitality that is nothing Mm -hmm. like I've experienced here. Not to say that people are cold here. It's just so different. It's a a very cariñosa Mm -hmm. feeling, a very, like, nurturing and tender. And it's hard for me to exactly describe it, but just that when I would come into the house... My great-grandma would grab me by the cheeks, and she'd call me sushi. That's what she would call me. I don't know why she couldn't say sushi. Um, and just like, ¿Quieres comer algo, mija? And they won't take no for an answer. Nope. You know what I mean? No, no, I'm okay. And they come out with you the park food. park it, and you eat. You just eat it. And then, you know, like that sort of thing. So I think, like, that is ingrained in me. I'm, I, I try really hard to be that way because it's what was shown to me. And in that way, it was like, you know, I, I may not wear dollars or, you know, Raiders, that's not me. But in other ways, I very strongly still hold on to the things that were given to me. And so my brother's all about the Dodgers and the Raiders, and that's great, and that's wonderful. But for me, that's not what I took away from it. Even with my broken Spanish, it was like I was doused in it. You know, it was like poured over me, and I was open to receiving it. So it is a complicated one. For sure, Spanish would help me connect better. I would yeah. feel more confident every time I did visit or family does come and visit to ask them the questions that I really want to know, exactly. to read the books, to ask them to pick me up whatever, you know, book or something. But I'm too embarrassed, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the Spanish would help with my confidence. And also, I think sometimes, too, I feel a little like, I don't know that I can represent the Latinx community amongst my, you know, Caucasian friends because I'm not an expert because my Spanish is so bad, you know, and, like, it makes me second-guess. Yeah. When when at the end of the day, when I'm, like, hanging out with my Caucasian friends, I feel very, like, a fish out of water after a couple hours, you know? I'm just like, oh, gosh, you know? I need to go back home to my Brazilian husband. (laughs) He understands (laughs) me, you know? That kind of thing. So it is so complicated, and I think... It is. But I think that we also do ourselves a disservice by like yeah. holding on to the shame so much because You're right, it's girl. like you know we're goosebumps. we're all leaders yeah. we can all do it even yeah. though we don't speak as yeah. well as we'd like yeah for sure you know and that's been kind of like one of my goals for this year is yeah. like I, I have taken a back seat so much hmm. because I feel like I don't speak Spanish well enough I don't want to be in the spotlight right. for a million different reasons right. you know and just feeling like I could never be that voice I could never do that thing but realizing we can all do it and we all need to do it yes because this for me like especially with the the co-op yeah the system that's in place is not doing a good job of for what you need children you want resilient emotionally intelligent right connected to their roots people yes so we have to take it on yeah and you're right if we stay quiet you know, then we're not helping the situation. Yeah. It's funny that you're pointing that out because I'm a doer. I mean, whatever, my chart, my natal chart and everything, like, you're a doer. You go get her done. That, yeah. that is me. And yet here in this one area, I find myself being like, mm, I'll just take nah. a seat. Back. But no, you're right. You're calling me out. You're holding me accountable. And it's true. I do I need to let it go. And my word for the year was adventure. Like, mm. be willing to go on that adventure and take it. That means putting yourself in a place that doesn't always feel comfortable. Yeah. And like, you know what? This is how I need to be adventuring. I need to also include this aspect of me yes. in the adventure. The the timid and afraid, 
you know, I get I need to get my ass out there talking to my grandmas because they're not going to be around forever. Yes. I need to get that story. Get stories. <laughs> as difficult as, and difficult and painful as they may be, I do need to sit down and do that. So this yeah. is a good, yes. Well, this And is, not to say it's easy. Like, you know, yeah. I struggle constantly with being in, but I keep repeatedly like, okay, I'm going to keep putting yourself. myself in that space. I'm going to keep making yeah. myself a little bit uncomfortable Yes, because I know that that's, how I'm going to practice, that's how I'm right. going to get that's better, true, that's true. how I'm going to learn. Yeah. You know? I mean, and I know that. Like, my yeah, head know knows it. it. We just don't want to do it. I know. <laughs> when push comes to shove, you're like, mm, I don't know. I would just feel more comfortable staying home today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I got to watch some more Great British Baking Show or something. <laughs> I love that yes. show. It's so good. I get addicted. Um. Okay, yeah. So, this has been wonderful, but to close up, do you have... Would you like to share some things that you're really digging or you're into right now? Like what's like making you, you know, light up? So I'm a reader. Yeah. Books. <laughs> I'm I addicted miss to books. books. Um, but there's one called Ancestral Medicine. Okay. That has really been eye-opening and vital. And it's yeah. like for everybody. And it, it just kind of talks about like how we are all like a lot, large part of the problem yeah. of racism and like how mm. the shame that we all carry yeah. is about disconnection from our roots. Okay. And like, you know, white people need to connect to their roots. Yes. Mexican people need to connect to their roots. Yes. And we all need to heal yes. all of that so that we can Heal the world around us, you know? For, like, the gods that we are. Yeah, be more aware, be more conscious, you know? Yeah. Feel more connected. That's what I think what we all really want. Are you done with it yet already? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm, like, halfway. Well, you're way farther than I got. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I want to do that book, but I got a list of books, too. (laughs) Also, part of that is that my mom's family is from Veracruz. Right, okay. So, um... Son Jarocho music, playing the harana, like learning the songs. That has been connecting. Very yeah, healing. connective healing and it brings me a lot of like joy. Yay. You know? Yeah. I just feel like I wish I could get to class more often. It's mm. been challenging lately. But mom mom, mom life is um It's God. hard. It's really hard. <laughs> you go on the back, dude. You yeah. you're not like priority. Nope. Girl, I went to the dentist today, and they asked me when was the last time, and I couldn't remember. I think it's yeah. been four years. But our kids, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> take our kids. <laughs> Gotta get you taken care of. Yeah. Like me, I don't know. The woman... I can wait. Yeah. I know. It's bad. I don't know how to change that. Well, really, I think we weren't meant to live the way we live. I think we were meant to live in tribal yes. communities, supporting one another so we could each have our time. And, and that's been another thing that has been super helpful is like... Yeah. Having people over at the co-op, mm. having adults around so you can watch the kids while I go do something else. Yeah, yeah. And all of us kind of supporting each other. Yeah. And handling the day-to-day house stuff. Because for me, like, I live with my grandmother who's, like, in her 80s, mm. my two kids, my dog, the chickens, <laughs> my brother who's working a ton. Oh. And it's like, that's a lot of space and people to take care of by myself. Yeah. So having other people yeah. in our space... Totally. It's so, like, it makes me so happy. Yeah, for sure. I know. I Sometimes I wish, like, I could buy, like, all the houses on my street, right? And just put, yes. like, my friends or my family That's in those dream. houses. <laughs> do that in Hawaii, girl, but I can't afford to live in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> what else is lighting you up and inspiring you? 
I think just connecting to other like-minded people. Yeah. You know, we had um, on Tuesday um, a family from oh, New Mexico yes. from the film Uncolonized. Yeah, okay. Um, and just talking to them about their journey and their mm. experience and just like being able to laugh about the same shit that we're dealing with <laughs> was like, yes, you get it. Oh, it was just awesome. re-energizing yeah, and it yeah. was just nice to like spend the day at the park with them talking mm. about stuff and like watching the kids play. And I think that we need more of that. Like, yeah. you're right. Like, in the way that we're living now, everybody goes to their job mm-hmm. and we're so disconnected mm-hmm. that I think that what is feeding me on all of those things that I said is all about Connection. connecting, yeah. you know? That's awesome. Um, I can't wait to see the documentary, by the way. Uncolonized, people. Check it out if you can. Um, yeah, so for me, I was trying to think. Okay, I brought some books in here. I started reading one called Braiding Sweetgrass. I haven't finished it, but ah, every time, every page, every word is like inspires my soul. Uh, but it's like the idea of like uh, this woman, she's an indigenous woman of North, I think it's Northeastern America. Um, and she talks about all the lessons and things she learned about medicine from her ancestors and her tribe. And then going and studying medicine in the, like, you know, medical field and, and university. Mm-hmm. And then for her, they're the same thing. Yeah. It's not different. It's not, this is Eastern and Western or, you know, it's not, this is ancestral and this is medical. It's the same thing. It's the yeah. same coin, two sides of the same coin. It's just different ways of viewing and appreciating. And um, it's lighting me up. I think the healer within me is just like, yes, this yeah. is what I've been aching for. I really I want this. I love those kinds of books. Yes. And then I'm reading another book called, I think it's called Red Moon. Hold on. I got to check the title. I want to get it right. Yes. It's called, oh no, it's called Burning Woman by Lucy H. Pierce. Uh, the Braiding Sweetgrass was by Robin Wall Kimmer. Kimmer. But The Burning Woman is about the feminine, but... Um, not this like soft, delicate. La chingona. Yes. Not the air. Although she's like, it's both. Yes. It's not. It's not. It's not throw the water connotation out. Yeah. It's embrace the fire because you are both. You're fire and water. You're not just this receptive thing. You're also like a giving out thing, like a yeah. You know, a flame, immutable, like burning up stuff. You know. I'm super at the beginning of it, but it's way inspiring. It's really good. You read it. I read it, good. and I, it, I enjoyed it immensely. Okay, I, I am excited. Like, yeah, because I feel Ooh. like in that one too, she gives you a lot of like stuff to work on, and oh, it's like you're yeah, processing and you're like, yeah, transmuting. I feel like I'm like, underlining every yeah. other line. You know, like this is not helpful to have so much of this book highlighted. You know, it's like all highlighted. And exactly, like you want to highlight all the whole I know. page. You're like, ah. <laughs> Um, I think the third thing I've really been into, so there's another podcast called um, Loose Warrior, and it's a woman, and she, um, she, let me see just a second here, sorry, I don't know if that's gonna, but she, Loose Warrior, she, um, her name is Linda Garcia, and she started it, I, gosh, I can't, it was late last year, so it's just a really, really new podcast, and she's talking about the, the women's cycle, and the mm. first series is about the lunar connection with the cycle 
but it's good. Like, I think every woman out there that has a cycle, um, you know, I guess if you're menopausal too or, or postmenopausal, it is beneficial for you as well. Um, it would be interesting to, to hear the podcast and then reflect upon what it was like when you were going through your cycle. Um, but it is so beautiful. Like, it's so good. And it's like so much, it's like so much ancient knowledge that yeah. we don't have anymore and that we're not sharing with our girls. And um, for me, it's like, it, I've already kind of been exposed to this, but it's just so good to hear it like being spread out so far and wide and another person's perspective on it. And I, I'm really enjoying it. Like it's a good reminder of all the things that I've been already exploring. Yeah. Um, and then she has a second series that she just started um, maybe a couple months ago. And it's called, um, it's the Yoni Yoniverse. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. But um, she's talking about healing you know, the, all things to do with the women reproductive side, you know, yeah. so it's, it's barely, barely beginning. I would not recommend the Yoni part for your daughter. So <laughs> if you wanted to yeah. let your daughter listen to the moon stuff is great. Yeah. The Yoni goes into a little bit of like trauma that she went through and it can be triggering yeah. or maybe mm. just unnecessary for some people to hear that are, you know, not yeah, mature enough. quite there yet. Yeah. yeah. But the moon stuff is like, I think all ages, all women could listen to that of all ages. And so awesome. good. So it's called Loose Warrior. So you good. You make a resource list. Yeah. It's, it's on. <laughs> In my head, for sure. I've got it. So anyways, so this has been awesome. Thank you yes, so much for you. coming and going out of your way to come and do this. I love it. This is my first <laughs> podcast ever. Woo! Woo! <laughs>